welcome to History Time, a children's history and literature podcast. This is Claire Lambert, and today we're going to be doing part two of a two-part episode on Romulus and Remus. So if you didn't listen to the first one, maybe go back and listen to that first, um, but you definitely don't have to. You don't need to know any of that information to understand what's going on today. So when we left off, I'm Romulus and Remus, the brothers, had just gotten into an argument over who would be in charge of Rome. And they got into a fight over it, and Romulus won. Um, So Romulus starts building his city on Palatine Hill, and he builds a wall around it. And then his brother, Remus, comes up to the wall and starts mouthing off to him and jumps over the wall. And then Romulus strikes him down and kills him. Um, So we're at 753 BC right now, and Remus has just been murdered by his brother for making fun of his wall. So the moral of the story there is don't make fun of your brother's new city. Now, moving on to this week's episode. Same place. So Romulus has just started this new city of Rome. Um, We're not going to make fun of it, but he did have some problems. Um, So the first problem would be that there wasn't anybody there. If you remember, the two brothers started their own city um, from basically nothing, and they didn't really have many people with them. They had a couple of their friends. So it's Romulus and, like, a couple other dudes. And they're starting this city, and they get the wall built up, and then they, you know, want to start opening up new stuff, but there's no one there. And as you can imagine, it's pretty hard to convince people to move to a new place when there's nothing there yet. So he opens it up to refugees. And basically in this time, that meant people who either committed a crime and were trying to avoid punishment... Um, or people who were in some kind of argument and had to get away so they wouldn't get killed. Um, so not the best kind of people. So he starts his new city. He's got all these misfits, you know, coming in. And they're okay for a couple of years. They start building up the city, getting things put together. And then they hit their second problem, which is there isn't any women. Um, as you can imagine, these are not the highest quality suitors that have ever been around. So the women didn't really want to go over there. I mean, you have Romulus, who's, you know, a pretty cool dude, but surrounded by a bunch of criminals and rejects. So the women didn't really want to go over there. But Romulus has this brilliant idea. Well, you know what we're going to do is have a festival. So he plans up this festival. He says it's going to be a festival for Jupiter. Um, We're going to have some games, some sports, some races, and they invite all the people from the surrounding tribes and towns Um, and say, hey, you come to our festival, and maybe you'll win some treasure or some, I don't know, shields, what (laughs) what not they had back then. So they put out the invitations, and then the day comes for their festival. So the men and women from all around came. Now, they didn't have too much ways to travel back then, so it was mainly the people from the neighboring community of the Sabines. Um, So they're all there, all the Sabine men and women, mixing with the Roman men men and not any women, and they're having a good time at their festival when all of a sudden they hear a really loud horn, and they all turn, and it turns out it's Romulus who blew this horn, and right when that happened, all of his men from Rome seized the saving women and shuffled them off to Rome behind the walls where they couldn't get them, and all of this, I just imagine, happened very quickly um, because none of the men really got any of the women back. They pretty much just stole all the women and then hid behind the Roman walls. 
um, which were very tall because he did not want to be made fun of again. <laughs> so, you know, the Sabines didn't take that very well. Um, this started a three-year war between the Sabines and the Romans, where the Sabines were trying to get their women back and the Romans were trying to defend their women so that they could start a new city and have, you know, future generations in the city <laughs> instead of just a bunch of old criminals who grew old and died. Um, so three years of this war, and then finally Romulus is like, you know what, this is not going anywhere, we're just losing a bunch of men, it's been three years, and they're still fighting us, let's just head back into the city and see if we can, you know, keep them off from there, because we've got these good barricades and walls, and we'll be able to defend it better from there. So the Roman army gets up on Capitoline Hill, um, which is a hill near Palatine Hill, but it's got a fortress there. So it's got some really tall walls, and it's really easy to defend. Um, so the whole Roman army goes up there, and then the Sabines are walking around looking for a way to get in. Um, when they see a girl, and this girl happened to be called Tarpia, and she was actually the daughter of the captain of the army, <laughs> the captain's daughter of the army who was defending Capitoline Hill. So, she's sitting there at the gate, you know, just twiddling her thumbs, doing whatever. Um, and the soldiers go up to her and they're like, hey, you look cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about you go ahead and let us in there? Um, and she says, well, you know, I can't do that. My father is the captain. I mean, that would be treachery. And they say, you know what, uh, you let us in and we'll give you whatever you want. So, she's looking at the soldiers and... They've got their shiny swords and their shiny um, shields and their armor. And she looks at their arms and they've got these beautiful gold bracelets on. And she says, all right, I'll let you in, but I'm going to need all of your gold bracelets. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Open up this gate and we'll give you all of these gold bracelets. So she opens the gates. But instead of throwing the gold bracelets at her, as the soldiers walk by, they each throw their shield at her. Um, so probably she's not very happy about that, but she's standing there getting hit by shields and she gets hit by one in the head and, you know, falls over and then they keep throwing shields on her. And these are not light shields. They're metal shields. They've got those, uh, arm holes so that they can hold them up on their arm. <laughs> They've got two straps so that they can stay attached to their arm. Um, and they're, they're pretty heavy. So she's getting covered up by all these shields and then eventually she just gets crushed to death. Um, by all these uh, Sabine soldiers' shields. Um, so the Sabines see that, and they're like, oh, hey, let's go get our shields back. This girl's already dead. We don't need to leave him there. Um, so they get their shields, and then they pick up Tarpia's body, and they throw her off a cliff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. She was already dead, but maybe just because, you know, she was the worst, so they threw her off a cliff, and from then on, this cliff has been called Tarpeian Rock, and throughout the history of Rome, from then on, um, this was a common punishment for traitors, so if you were a traitor to your country, they would take you up to the Tarpeian Rock, and they would throw you over to your death, which seems very fitting, considering that's exactly what Tarpeia did. She was a traitor to the Romans and let them in. But this actually turned out better for the Romans, and we'll see what that, why that was in just a second. So the Sabines are marching up this hill, and the Romans see them coming, and they're like, oh my gosh. All right, they got in, let's go get them. So they're marching down this hill, and the armies get together, and they start fighting. But all of a sudden, the Sabine women, 
the ones who had been stolen from the Sabians at the festival, um, they run into the fight and they're like, no, <laughs> you can't do this. Stop. And so everybody stops and they're like, what now? Um, and they say, you know, I know they stole us, but we've been here three years. We have children with these men. We have been living with them. We've gotten married to them. These are our husbands, the fathers of our children, and you guys are our fathers and brothers and other male relatives. Um, we don't want, you know, either way this goes, it's not going to be good for us. So the Sabians and the Romans are like, all right, well, that makes sense. So if you're, if you're okay with it, we're okay with it. And then the two kings just stop the fight and go and talk. And they're like, you know what? How about we just join up forces? So instead of fighting, they join their countries and the Sabians and Romans become one big city. Um, now, for a while, both kings were in charge, um, but the Sabine king actually died very shortly after that. So um, after he dies, Romulus becomes the only king, and he rules for about 40 years. So that worked out pretty good for Romulus. I mean, he stole a bunch of women, um, got into a really long war about it, but then eventually just got what he wanted, which was more people for Rome. Um, so 40 years of his rule they say that Romulus was a wise and just king. Um, he did a lot of good things. The main thing being that he uh, started the Senate, which comes from the Latin word senex, meaning old men or old man. Um, so as you can imagine, this was a group of old men. Um, and it was actually the people who Romulus had originally settled the city with, his friends that he had when he um, first went over there and was watching the birds or whatever. Um, now, this Senate started the uh, class system, which was the patricians and the plebeians. So the people in the Senate were called the patricians, um, which comes from the Latin word pater, meaning fathers. So the fathers of the city, basically, is what they were calling themselves. And then you've got the plebeians, who was basically everybody else. Another important thing that Romulus did was start the Campus Martius, which was the field where they trained the new Roman soldiers and the current Roman soldiers, um, which was really important considering how many wars the Romans had to fight to get their empire so big. Um, yes, yeah, so at the end of his reign, um, Romulus is a pretty old man. You know, he was whatever when he founded Rome and then 40 years later. So he's probably about 60, I would imagine. Um, and he calls all his friends together and... And there's rain falling, uh, the wind is blowing really strong, and lightning and thunder has started. And all the people he's called are like, oh no, we're going to get out of here. So they scamper off back to their houses and leave Romulus out on the field. When they come back after the storm's ended, Romulus is gone. And what they say is that, you know what, his father Mars probably came down during that storm and took him up there to be with the gods. So that's the story for that day. Um, the next day, one of the Romans is walking down the street and he sees something and he looks up and down from the heavens comes Romulus and he appears in front of him and he tells the dude, he says, um, I'm already gone, so I need you to go and spread the word, but I've just finished talking with the gods and they told me that it's the will of the gods that Rome should be the greatest city in the world. So from then on, the Romans celebrated Romulus as a god, and they called him Quirinus. Um, so a pretty great way to end the story. He 
basically they say he didn't, he didn't die. He just got ascended into heaven and became another one of the gods. Um, and that's it for our story today. Um, and end of the part, the two part episode on Romulus and Remus. Um, I'm going to be releasing another episode this week on George Washington Carver. And I'm not going to be telling his full story. I'm just going to be reading the first chapter of a book that I just got. And it's called George Washington Carver, The Genius Behind the Peanut. (laughs) I really just bought it because I thought the title was really funny. Um, But it's a really good book. So I'm going to read you the first chapter. And then I'm hoping once I finish the book, I can give you a little um, overview of George Washington Carver's life. If you have any questions or comments or want to give me a suggestion for next week's episode or just have a story you want to tell me, um, send me an email. The podcast's email is historystorytime at gmail.com. And I believe that is also in my um, bio on iTunes and Podbean. So you can look it up there if you did not hear what I just said. Um, or just rewind it. That, that would be all right too. Um, yep, so look for those two episodes coming soon, and I hope you'll join me for some more history story time. Bye!